Welcome to another episode of A Game Talks. My name is Ahira Foster. Today we have with me Adi and Navar. Adi, please introduce our very, very special guest. Yeah, uh, it's a pleasure to have a colleague uh, at Cisco, also the CEO of One Salting, also his counterpart, um, Jerry Lee, as well. So, without pleasure, excited to have you guys on board and let's get to it. Awesome, thanks. Thanks Adi. for having us on board. Super excited to be here. Definitely. Yes. So take it off yeah, early. so let's start off with, like, uh, tell us a little bit about you guys yourself, you know, like kind of just growing up, kind of so like, yeah, what got you guys interested in like technology? Yeah, of course, of course. So I'm Jonathan Avier, so I currently work on the go-to-market strategy ops team at Cisco, and then previously at Google with Jerry, not on different teams, um, and at Snap2 as well. Um, and then also I'm the founder of One Soul Team, which is basically our mission is to turn underdogs into winners, so basically helping people come from non-traditional backgrounds, non-target schools, and then help them get into their dream careers. And so through these different through these different activities that we've done, these different workshops, these different events, that's how I actually found my passion just to help others, right? Actually come from the Philippines, originally from the Philippines, lived in LA my whole entire life, and then just moved up here to the Bay just for work about two years ago. So it's been an amazing experience so far to meet individuals like Jerry and you guys too as well who ultimately share passions not only in tech, but helping other people be successful. So really looking forward to this podcast and making things happen with you guys. Yeah, cool. So hi, guys. I'm Jerry. Uh, I'm currently a senior strategy and operations manager here at Google, where I lead our strategy and operations effort for our SMB app ads business. Um, and similar to Jonathan, I have a huge passion for helping others develop professionally. Um, I kind of developed this uh, passion because for me, going into college, I was a low-income kid. Um, grew up in a low-income household, first generation. And so going into college, especially at a place where it was a private school, all my friends were, you know, had uncles and aunts who were in these prestigious firms. I was like, dang, like I'm so far behind. And so as I learned more, as people have commented me in the past, I'm like, the more I learned, the more I realized that none of this stuff is like rocket science. You know, all the things that uh, of what it means to be a professional is super easy for is easy to learn. I don't consider myself anyone anyone special or anything like that. It's just a matter of, hey, people are willing to invest into me, and so I'm doing what I can to invest into others and in the hopefully in the best way possible. So I'm excited that we all share similar interests here and excited to see what we can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, though, bro, that's super dope. Again, appreciate you guys coming in all the way from San Jose to be able to meet with us. Jonathan, I have a huge question for you, though. Of course. To start off. Of course. When you were first getting into all this, right, did you ever see yourself uh, getting into speaking? Like, were you ever into public speaking throughout high school, college? I don't yeah. Know, I mean, honestly, so when I first started my speaking engagements, the reason why I started it was because I wanted to work in tech, right? And I graduated from UC Riverside. And so there wasn't a lot of these big tech companies coming to recruit at our campus. So my idea was, why don't I do LinkedIn workshops? post about it on LinkedIn, and then network with a ton of different professionals, specifically on the platform, right? So what I did was I did it, I started off at Alpha, AKSI, all these different organizations oh, and groups. AKSI. Yeah, AKSI, right, AKSI. Yeah. So I did their um, DSP too, DSP, Delta Sugify. So yeah, I started off, it was crazy, because the first time I did one, it was only 20 people, and I was a little nervous, you know, just doing, talking about how I just network with people, like, going through the platform, et cetera, right? But just consistently doing it. And when you have a passion, especially when you're doing these workshops, then your public speaking just flows. So like a few years later, I've been had the privilege of doing over 50 plus workshops now and speaking engagements, wow. 
traveling to four countries, including Vancouver, which Jerry and I are going to go in about two weeks over to UBC. Canada's a country, not Canada. 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 Oh, Canada. <laughs> Canada, And I've get spoken at Jordan too as well, then uh, LinkedIn's, like at LinkedIn HQ, I've just spoken over there uh, twice too as well. So, um, but yeah, a lot of these different things have all literally just came from using LinkedIn, right? So at the end of the day, like if you're able to build a community of different individuals who will support what you're doing, that ultimately gives you the confidence uh, and gives you the opportunity to get into these engagements. And then what's the future in terms of future um, speaking engagements for 2020 that you got lined up? Yeah. So I know we, there's something that you want, like you put on your social media that I was like, dude, that's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about that. Yeah, we have, we have a lot planned. Um, a lot of different speaking engagements planned. I uh, actually just did one yesterday, which was the first one for the year for consulting. Um, but yeah, we, we have a lot of different speaking engagements plans. I think we have literally over 15 already planned so far. Jerry and I are doing some too as well for our Just JWoww speaker series. So like I said, it was speaking in Vancouver. Uh, Michigan, possibly Boston University too as well. Oh, wow. So Northwestern, Northwestern, something Texas, Texas. Yeah, yeah, a lot of different these different places. Um, and it's been really cool because we usually talk about things that we've utilized in our careers to get into them, and not only get into them ourselves, but help other individuals. Uh, it help other individuals too as well. So um, and like we talk about, it's not rocket science. The things we teach, you try to make it very simple and not complex. So at the end of the day, after the speaking engagement in the workshop, you can literally utilize it right after it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think uh, my question would be, Jonathan, is did you, when you started this whole thing, did you expect for it to be as big as it is? You're already talking about going to like different cities, different states, mm -hmm. different countries. Like, what does that look like for you? Like, did you expect? Yeah, that? honestly, like I at first I was just doing it as kind of like a passion project and an initiative. So like when January in 2019, it was when it started. And I actually did like every webinar and workshop for free. So I was doing it all for free because I just wanted to get the personal brand out there. So I would travel all the time. Like when I would go back to SoCal, I would plan out the different workshops, et cetera. I would do all the reach outs and different things. But yeah, everything's just blown up because literally there's so many people that agree with our mission, but not only that, agree with what we're doing and see the value of these different individuals getting in, in these jobs, right? So. Like for example, we have like 20 mentees who have gotten offers all from top companies coming from non-target schools and non-traditional backgrounds. Oh, wow. So that's been an amazing opportunity just showing these individuals that, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, you know, even though you go come from a non-target school, non-traditional background, you can get into your career by utilizing different strategies we've utilized. So yeah, it's blown up significantly, uh, which is amazing. One of the reasons why too was because um, two instances, number one, Jeff Weiner, actually, when I did a, a workshop at Concordia Irvine University, he actually shared one of my uh, workshops on LinkedIn. So then that was my plan because I was like, man, I want to go do more. And so he shared it and a lot of people saw it. And then I was like, damn, okay, cool. And then he liked it again because I talked about my career story about how I went from Snap, Google to Cisco. And then he liked and shared it again. And then it blew up. There's like 3 million views on a post oh, wow. no LinkedIn flex right there but I'm <laughs> so flex but yeah basically right but basically that's how it kind of started off and then yeah we've just been doing our own different initiatives uh, and it's been an amazing experience so far that's awesome and kind of with that I think we live in a time and age with like it's not a lack of information right I think there's a lot of data out there I just yeah. feel like it's more of a lack of action right so if you were yeah. to talk to you know college students or just anyone in general how do you just get started I feel like that's like the biggest 
resistance right now it seems like in society. it's kind of like what would you give advice for you know i think for both of you guys like how would what would you recommend just to get started yeah like how do you just start yeah, like, I mean, as simple as it is, like, how do you just start? Yeah, I mean, uh, I can go first, and uh, Jerry will probably uh, mention yeah. mention these different things later. But what I say is, like, like we talked about, utilize LinkedIn to your fullest advantage, right? So when I was uh, actually in school, still, I would literally reach out to hundreds of professionals every single week, like whether it's in different industries, whether it's in different companies, and I'd have specific target companies that I had. So my target companies at first were the big four. So I'd literally target all the Deloitte people. Um, EY, PwC, KPMG, and I would reach out to them on LinkedIn. And then I'd bucket them into two different queues. Number one, professionals, and number two, recruiters. So then I'd really reach out to professionals, send them a personal invite every time. So just whenever you're connecting with someone, just say, hey, hope your day's going well, my name is blah, blah, blah. And that'll give you that good first impression. And then you can learn from these different individuals through phone chats about what they do on a day-to-day, and then apply it directly to whatever you want to get into and see like, is this what I want? Is this what I'm passionate for? Is this what I want to get to in my career? So yeah, definitely utilize LinkedIn. And then the second thing is honestly just go all out. Like in college, like, you know, what I would do is literally go to downtown, like Irvine in LA from, from Riverside, literally go there and look at the skylines and be like, all right, what well, companies are down here because I want to come, I want to work at these companies. And then I put them into a specific Excel sheet and I figured out what, Kind of positions are they recruiting for and then sometimes too deloitte and uh, kpmg for example i'd wait outside at, at 5 p.m <laughs> yeah it was kind of funny i'd wait outside until they got off work and then i'd meet some of my mentors i'd talk to them and then i'd network with professionals there right or i just talk to people randomly just be like hey you know hope your day is going well wow. so i learned i learned that from the goldman the ex goldman sachs ceo because he that's how he got into goldman sachs i believe yeah, I think uh, similar to Jonathan, I think one of the questions that I get all the time um, from students, especially as they're thinking about the developing their professional careers, I have so many interests. I have no idea what I want to do um, because everything just seems in reach, right? And the, the advice that I was given and I always resonate or give to other people is if you literally have 10 interests, put them on a dartboard and literally throw a dart at it, right? If they're <laughs> literally all the same, right? And the purpose is for you to try one. If you don't like it, then go on to the next one. If you don't like it, then go on to the next, right? Oftentimes, I think the, peop- the, the thing that people do wrong when they first start out is they try to go for everything, which inevitably outputs to nothing, right? You don't develop any expertise. You don't talk to the right people. You don't reach out to the right companies. And so uh, the approach that I've taken anecdotally was freshman year, I took my first accounting class and I absolutely loved it like crush a class like 97 percent. i was like dude this is my this is, this is the way i'm gonna you know spend the rest of my life right <laughs> and then uh i went to an office at pwc and i went to one of their floors and it was like radio silent like everyone had their headphones on people had stacks of papers right next to i swear to god it was like i was like this is not the type of lifestyle that i want and so then came the next one which is consulting and then you know i just continually pursued it until um, I soon realized, hey, this is something I want to pursue until it gets boring. And then until then, um, well, it's stuck ever since then, right? So I'd say the number one thing is um, list out the things that you like. Go for something um, and go really deep until you realize that it's not for you. And then move on to the next best thing after that. And the thing that you'll see across all professionals is no one really truly knows what they want to do when they're older. You ask 20, 30, 40-year-olds. Everyone is just doing what they think is right for them at the time. And then until it's not, then you figure out your next move. 
and being comfortable with that, I think, is the most important first step. I have a question, and this really comes down to like, uh, you know, your personality types, and you know, because there's introverts, there's extroverts out there. You have to learn to work between, you know, what you have. Yeah. Um. So I and I know that there's a lot of people out there who don't network because they feel like they don't want to communicate with certain people, especially yeah. in the tech area. Mm -hmm. Um. A lot of people don't. Uh, there's a lot of introverts in the tech field so yeah. um how do you guys go about like talking to people like that getting them initiated to actually start talking to uh, more people getting them networking and seeing what that looks like how does that a conversation look like yeah um that's a good question you know there's a lot of different things that you can do in order to like vibe with different people right so what i actually did was i was kind of introverted too when i was first starting off and so what i did was i tried to find commonalities with individuals uh, who I was networking with. So one of the commonalities that I would recommend is reaching out to specifically alumni uh, who go to your university, right? So for example, for me, I would go to UC Riverside's LinkedIn page, go to the alumni section, and then search whatever company or position that I was interested in, and then I network with them. Reason being is because they share very similar stories because they're, for example, both Highlanders, right? And then you're able to vibe with them, you're able to connect with them and network with them and they're more inclined to help you rather than someone who's just a third connection, right? So that's what I would do specifically in regards to those different things when networking with individuals and also other things that you're passionate about. Like, for example, whenever I'm on the phone, I try to see if they like sports, right? The person behind, right? They usually do, right? So when we talk about basketball, right? You'd be surprised, right? So I usually, <laughs> usually talk about sports like basketball and then we kind of change the conversation to being not just about work or about your career, but basketball and these different sports things, right? So then you get comfortable, right? And then when you get comfortable, then you're going to be talking about your career and different things, and then you both align with different similarities. So, so who are you actually talking about? Like, what teams? You're in basketball? What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> basketball, man. Yeah. My Lakers, bro. Yeah. My Lakers, my Lakers, my Lakers, my Lakers. Bro. My Lakers, bro. My Lakers. Bro. Warriors, bro. Warriors, bro. I saw your Warriors. <laughs> It's funny. So whenever I was networking with people, like especially in the Bay Area, I'd be like, "Oh, who's your favorite basketball team?" I'm like, "Don't say the Warriors. I know you're bandwagoner." Right? 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 And that's what I usually say. Let me explain myself. Rebuttal. I grew up in the Bay, right? So the thing is, Warriors has always been the hometown. I respect you know you from LA. You know the Lakers are finally good again somewhat. Sick of my talk again. <laughs> Laker, Laker fans stay strong no matter how yeah, good we are. Got it. <laughs> it's always Showtime. Don't get it Y'all starting five two years ago was basically a G League team. So we rock with it. It was Showtime in its own game. Let's not listen to it. I can't say anything. I can't say but, but like I was saying, see, y'all like basketball, right? See, yeah, so we just basically, if, for example, we didn't know each other. We just broke the barrier of being like, oh, like, you know, awkward on the phone example, right? Yeah. So that's how you kind of break the barrier when you're networking with these different individuals. It doesn't have to be a basketball. It could be about anime. Okay? Yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever you're interested in, yeah, uh, you can basically break that barrier and be able to network easier. Yeah. But, but I think for a lot of introverts, though, I think the main thing is just like getting through that mental barrier of just like yep. hitting someone up, right? Mm -hmm. And I think uh, networking has this bad connotation of like you cold, cold emailing someone, talking to a stranger and having this awkward conversation. But I think a lot of people don't realize networking is just purely just trying to connect with someone, yeah. right? And so for those introverts out there who aren't as comfortable cold emailing someone or cold calling someone, start with your friends, right? And then after that, reach out to friend to friend, right? And then reach out to maybe if your parents know people, start there, right? The more comfortable you can get on the phone, 
the better off you'll feel about talking to random strangers. I think for me personally, I remember when I was a freshman, I had my first phone interview and I was like shaking, right? Like I did everything that I could. I had like my, like, you know, my computer on here. I had like my resume on the left hand side, right hand side, I had all my notes, right? Like I'm sure you guys are laughing again, right? I don't it's funny. I mean, yeah, and so I mean, I did that, and uh, one of my first jobs, and I didn't get the, the oh. next round of interview, unfortunately. But one of the things I did in college is I did the um, my, the phonathon. We call it phonathon, which is like the uh, group of students who call alumni for money. And at the time, I was like, that was the only on-campus job I could get. But what I didn't realize was, as a result of this, for doing it over a year, I loved talking to people over the phone. It was so much easier for me to like express emotion and connect with people on a deeper level. And, but then I realized not everyone wants to be at a place like Monathon. So what I would really recommend for people, especially for those who are introverts, is start off easy. Start off with something that slightly is outside your comfort zone by reaching out to friends, friends of friends, and then ultimately when you feel comfortable enough talking to people that you find on LinkedIn. Yeah, I really like the fact that you touched upon the misconceptions of networking, right? The misconceptions mm -hmm. could be like, man, I'm nervous about reaching out to certain individuals, but you guys broke it down extremely well. And, uh, man, teach me. <laughs> hey, come to, I'll come to a Just J.Y. workshop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, point, I think with networking, I think part of the reason why there's a bad twist is that at times some people network for the sole purpose of transaction. That's right. Right? But yeah, I think yeah. if we look at it, right, networking is nothing but a conversation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, if I was meeting for the first time we're just getting to know each other that's right. networking in essence it doesn't yeah. have to be hey i need a job like can you hire me? <laughs> right yeah right so yeah, there's a lot of people who do that literally right. just oh be like hey yeah. uh, right and they'll do like the they used to remember linkedin would have like that automated uh thing you could just send like hey could you refer me to this role yeah definitely <laughs> build rapport first you know like, yeah. like we talked about Definitely just don't go into like, hey, I need a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like, you would never, as a person, if you're in real life, you'd right. never walk up to a random stranger and be like, hey, can I please get a referral to your company? <laughs> yeah, 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 right? Yeah. And so many people don't realize that your online messages, when you send it to someone, they read it in their heads as if it's someone talking to them. Mm -hmm. Right? So the more that you can make it sound like, you know, you don't come off as someone who's just purely transactional or purely just in it to just get something out of it the better off you'll be, right? I think that's the problem is like, there's always been a take, take, take mentality, right? Yeah. And going into networking, you gotta go into it thinking, I'm not gonna get anything out of it, just a good friend, great conversation. Right. Yeah. And essentially the best networking opportunities have come from, I didn't expect anything, from yeah. working with the Golden State Warriors to LinkedIn, yeah. like people looking after for you. That's right. It's just, that's crazy. So like, again, that's Yeah, and uh, the phrase that I've always heard was, the best value of networking is being able to connect other people, yeah. right? And the more that you can do that, the more opportunities doors will open for you because by essence, you basically unlock doors for others. By you doing that, they almost feel like, hey, you know what? You know, Jonathan has helped me a ton by introducing me to X number of people. You know, if Jonathan ever needs a favor from me, I'm gonna be sure I do this for him, right? And again, you don't wanna make it that transactional and that's not always the case, but by and large, helping others is the best way to help yourself. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Kind of speaking of helping others, kind of like, when did you guys kind of realize, like, you know, being able to empower others and really help others, you know, like, move forward in their career, or just like in general, like, when did that really click for you? Was it more like you were just yeah. kind of going about doing it, and you're like, oh, this is like a really satisfying, great feeling, and I'm really passionate about this, and I want to do more? Yeah, yeah I think uh, the moment that it clicked for me was when I was in college, and so many people invested into me when I had absolutely nothing to give them, right? And I think a lot of freshmen and sophomores, especially as they go into college, they feel the exact same way. 
they got on a phone call with a professional like man like there's nothing i could give this person right like like why would they invest into me and so given that i had the such a like great privilege to be the first intern at google from my alma mater right and having the opportunity to work at you know google have the opportunity to even come to things like this with you guys right mm-hmm. um i think i have this moral responsibility of saying hey i'm in such a privileged place to have the opportunity to impact so many people and i've had you know successes in my life so far that the only way for me to feel like at myself is if i am able to give back to others right the way that others have invested into me because i know exactly what that feels like from my perspective especially coming from our first generation low income background where i knew that i had absolutely nothing to give definitely and you know like for me it's really fulfillment because like, like like i talked about it with you guys like the different career obstacles like doing those things where i wait outside of deloitte and kpmg like just being able to bridge that gap and show different individuals from non-traditional backgrounds non-target schools that you can literally do these things so simple like even a caveman can do it right so you can definitely <laughs> i don't caveman right yeah but definitely but like these different things like are really fulfilling because at the end of the day like you have these different mentees and when they're able to get jobs, land jobs at these big companies, and they're like, hey, like you really helped me get this job specifically in this career, et cetera, right? Like, for example, actually, one of my mentees, Jane, Jane, so she actually, yeah, so she, um, before, like, what happened was, unfortunately, there's some things that happened with Postmates, right? But one of my uh, old connections named Michael Pope, he used to work specifically at Indeed, and so we were able to connect with him he was able to have a friend refer her to indeed and that's how she actually got the job over there literally in a month span so it was an amazing opportunity just to being able to do that and if you're able to do that and see like that how much how happy they are too as well and be like dang like i turned from underdog in the winter yeah Yeah. 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 but man you guys system is working like, can you guys kind of describe the, how many, like, success stories you guys had over the past, you know, year or so to, like, know where you guys' systems work in terms of teaching that type of um, It's actually pretty funny because Jonathan and I kind of keep, like, this repository of, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because we will always want to make sure that, like, we remind ourselves of, like, why we're doing this, right? Like, um, I remember uh, one of Jonathan's friends, um, uh, Jonathan connected to me one of his friends because her, she was actually in the process of negotiating her mm-hmm. compensation at Google. And she was saying, hey, man, you know, like, I, I feel like this is quite low for the Bay. You know, I want to be making sure I'm my market, I'm being paid at my, my market rate. Um, you know, how, what can I do? Right. And so we went over this whole lengthy conversation about what it means to negotiate your salary. How do you ask for more in a way that doesn't come off as, you know, too much? And she was able to get like, uh, maybe like 10 or 20 extra thousand mm-hmm. dollars right. in bonus, like probably like a 10 or 20 percent increase in her salary. And so it's it's stories like this that make us go like damn, right? And mm-hmm. in terms of the number, I'm not really sure. Maybe like 10, 20, 30, 40. I don't oh, know. way more, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, that, like like that was Angela, one of our friends, Angela. Angela, yeah. she used to go to UCR too as well. She came from non-target school, got into Google, right? So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of different success stories that we've had, especially for the workshops and events that we we've, we've gone to. Like after the workshops, we always have people who will follow up and be like, wow, like we were so inspired by yeah, right. your talks and, and different things. And then later on, like sometimes it's, it's actually crazy because like we've received messages like in, in like later on, like three months down the road and they're like, hey, like, you know, I remember attending your workshop yeah. three months ago. Yeah. 
but actually I just got into Amazon and because of your workshop and utilizing the different strategies that you guys taught us. Yeah. Or I got I just got into Facebook, for example, right? So we have all these different success stories of these different individuals that we don't even know that we're impacting, but we're impacting them on a level where literally just utilizing the LinkedIn platform and then when they see our content out yeah. there, then they're able to utilize it to their own careers. So when you're able to gather those different individuals and you're able to help them get into their dream careers. That's really awesome. Kind of with career, I think now more than ever, it's like your passion is one thing, kind of so your career, like work-life balance, everything in between, right? My question really is like, how do you draw the line when you're giving advice, like career advice, where it's like you're pursuing something you're actually passionate about versus something you're good at, right? Because those not are not necessarily the same thing, right? So kind of like how do you tackle that and like give, you know, sound advice, like, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of, there's like two schools of thought, as especially as I talk to other people about this. One one saying, hey, you should always keep your passions as your passions because once they turn to work, they no longer become your passions. Right. Right. Whereas the other thing is saying, hey, if you're good at something, make sure you're at your you continue to massage that muscle, because as soon as you um, develop it to the point where you're you're literally going to be unfireable. Right. I think there's a fine line to walk walk between there, because I think both schools of thoughts are right, where if something that you're good at becomes something you absolutely hate, but you feel like you're so good at it that you can't leave. Well, at, at a certain point, you're then sacrificing your well-being and your mental sanity and your happiness. Right. And at a certain point, money's not going to matter when you're hating your life and waking up every single day. On the flip side, you want to be making sure that you're not doing something out of pure passion because sometimes it may not be lucrative enough to have sustainable lifestyle. Or sometimes it might, it might just take the joy out of it because that's all you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think it, it's, a, it's like one of those it depends kind of cases, a case-by-case kind of answer. But um, I think for most people it really comes from within. Like you'll, you'll really feel whether or not you feel like you should pursue this as a passion or your passion as a career, or similarly, if you should walk away from something that you're really good at, because like your gut will tell you and you just have to trust your gut. Yeah. Like literally what, what I was thinking about when, when I was following passions, I was like, man, like if I were to do something every single day without uh, monetary compensation, what would it be? Right. And that my idea was like, Oh, helping people, you know, getting to their careers. Right. I was thinking about how do you monetize it, right? So, okay, you can have one-on-one clients, you can do X, Y, Z, right? And then so what, I, what I've actually been doing is basically my main job, I because basically you have a main job and then you have your initiatives or your passions, right? Sometimes you have it aligned like that. You can have your main job basically fund your side job, right? Your, your passion. And then ultimately when you feel like it's going to be overtaking that main job, then you can go into that, right? So that's why I hope in the future specifically for consulting and these different initiatives and different things that we're able to do that and ultimately transition uh, to that role. Nice. I think, uh, you know, with that, you said you're talking about the future of consulting. Um, what is the pinnacle for consulting? Like, what are you looking to do? What is it? What is that thing that you're looking to be at? Are you there? And yeah, when will it happen? Yeah. So good question. So, um, Basically, really, the idea is basically just to bridge the gap between these big non-target schools, non-traditional backgrounds, and then get them into their dream careers. So uh, what I've been doing is working a lot with like one-on-one clients, doing these different speaking engagements, uh, etc. Um, it's been scaling out fairly well. I've been trying, kind of listening to a lot of my mentors specifically in regards to how to have the monetary compensation, like how to specifically structure it. Um, but yeah, a lot of the speaking engagements have been amazing. Like literally do no reach outs, like barely any reach outs. And literally people would just like inquire specifically on our forum to come speak. 
has been amazing. So um, yeah, I mean, I think maybe a few few more years uh, down the line that it'll ultimately kind of take over my kind of full job, my full time job. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been an amazing experience so far. Um, just being able to kind of scale it out and help underdogs from the winners. What about you, Jerry? What do you like in terms of feature-wise? Yeah, uh, I think um, similar to Jonathan, um, actually Jonathan and I are working on this project together where, mm -hmm. um, you know, this is actually going to be the first time we talk about it, actually, but... Yeah, um, breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. news. Breaking news, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not too much detail. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, we, but we essentially hope to create a platform and an ecosystem where we, instead of the traditional route of recruiting where you get recruiters will target five schools, they get the top 20, 30% of those schools or, or the top students from them and then recruit them into those firms. What if you flip it around and say, what if you get the top 1% of 50 schools, right? And so we're hoping to develop a platform where one, not only do we provide them the right amount of training, the, the things that we wish we knew when we were in college to these students and ultimately provide them and connect them with companies and pitching them saying that, hey, these students are going to get you they're going to be so high quality that I guarantee you that they'll pass your initial phone screen and your first round interviews. Right. And so the hope is that we break, as, as Jonathan said, break down this barrier between the non-target schools and these large companies and pitch them that you're better off getting the top 1% across 50 companies, as opposed to getting the top 20% from one or sorry, schools from the top 20% from one school. Mm -hmm. That's really awesome. I think you touched upon mentors. I think that's a huge, thing in society now more than ever. I think the one is kind of like, how does one find the right type of mentor for them, right? Because then you need to mention, I think people have mentors for all different phases of life and different parts yeah. of life. So it's like kind of, how does one seek that in a way that's like genuine and authentic, right? We talked about networking, like not yeah. being transactional. So I guess kind of like, how do you seek that? Kind of like, how do you build that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, all my mentors, I've literally never told them, hey, be my mentor, right? It just happens so fluently and so organically. And most of them actually come from LinkedIn, literally, right? So I have like different mentors in different fields. So like, for example, one of my mentors, Linda King, she like works at LinkedIn. She's a customer, senior customer success manager over there. And I have another mentor, her name is Farnish Brock. She is, uh, she runs her own company too as well, specifically. Um, and she's written, she's an author too as well, which is amazing. And then I have another mentor, she's done TED Talks. And that's actually how I, created my vision board specifically it's called draw your future her name is patty dabrowski and so just being able to network with these different mentors and just being able to like we talked about right they have different similar passions and we have similar commonalities in a way where we can be able to vibe off each other and then you have that mentor and mentee relationship yeah. so yeah i think the the process yeah similar to jonathan um my mentors in my life have never been hey please be my mentor um, rather, it always came from, hey, I want to develop in a specific area, right? So um, for me, one of my biggest priorities in life is to make sure I constantly push myself in terms of my career, right? So I specifically have a mentor, Raf, who um, is uh, the super senior at Google, leads biz ops uh, for or leads the strategy for hardware at Google. And um, he's had a successful career in at McKinsey, uh, at investment bank. Went to a top MBA school, um, and now he's he's also on the side is an executive coach for Fortune 500 CEOs, and so um, the way that at least that relationship has formed was me saying, you know what, I want I want to transition myself into moving a strategy role and continually to build my career off of this platform, right? And he was uh, someone who was doing executive coaching, and I reached out to him saying, hey, 
I see that you're in strategy, you're doing absolutely well. I see that you also have a side, you know, side project that you're doing as well. I would love to learn more about one, how do you continually build your career at the same time building your own side project? And it all stems from a need, right? I have this other mentor who really is more of my personal mentor, make sure that I'm, I'm uh, balancing myself in terms of my work-life balance, make sure that I'm still developing my hobbies outside of things that relate to my professional life. And he always makes sure that I grow in that way, right? And so it all, for me, it all stems from a need because when it stems from a need, it comes off so naturally, as opposed to you saying, hey, please be my, men my general mentor. You know, that can come off as kind of weird. Whereas <laughs> the other side of it would be, hey, I'm really trying to grow myself in starting a business in, um, you know, medicine. And I have a medical degree, but I don't know how specifically to scale this. Can you please help me as I see that you've done it in the past, right? And naturally, that relationship will develop. Interesting. I like, um, I, I'm honestly going to say I like that approach, right? I think sometimes when yeah. it comes to not just a networking aspect, we were talking about as subject before, but mentorship. Mentorship is huge because, again, I don't know it all. I don't have it all figured out. So right. how do I go about going something in terms of career, personal, sports, um, even just me being a young man in general, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So that's important that people should realize in, you know, in terms of your guys' aspect. Um, how do you guys find a need in your guys' life if you seek out mentorship or even vice versa when someone comes to you for mentorship? Yeah, I mean, for me, my need was, well, I was trying to work in the big four, so I kind of targeted specifically mentors in those companies, right? So I had like, literally four mentors, like basically all throughout like Deloitte, KPMG, PwC. So I had all mentors there and I tried to learn from them exactly like what do they do on a day to day in terms of advisory? What do they do in regards to consulting? Right. Mm -hmm. But even though I didn't get in, they gave me so much different information in regards to what they did. And I would come visit, like I said, I would come, I would go visit the offices and learn more about specifically in regards to what they did. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I realized actually from them later on, they were kind of hinting to me like, Hey, like, Go work, try to go work in tech. Try to try to do it. Because they were working, or they're like, yeah, I'm working like 70, 80 hours a week. Like, you know, try to have a good work-life balance and try to get into these companies, right? So I didn't believe in myself at first, but just because of them, they were like, yeah, you if you have the potential to ultimately get to where you want to be in your career. And that kind of inspired and motivated me to be like, damn, okay, like, let me try to do as best as I could. And so when you're able to do those different things, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. So at the end of the day, when you're reaching out to these different people, when you're networking, etc., then you can be able to kind of get into your dream career. And so, actually, a really quick story. I Jerry Lee and I actually met through LinkedIn. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I actually sent him, you know, the strategies we've been talking about, literally sent him a personal invite. Said, hey, Jerry, hope your day is going well. I said no at first. Yeah, he said no. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no. He was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember Jerry with his freaking smile and his glasses. But yeah, I, like, like, I reached out to Jerry. Um, this was what, Jerry? Like October 2017? Yeah. 2017, yeah. So reached out Crazy. to him at first. Um, yeah, he gave me so much good advice. He's actually the one who referred me to Google, which was amazing. And look at us now. We we do these different workshops and these different initiatives. So, right. uh, like I said, when you seek out different mentorship and you find different individuals who not only share similar passions but maybe are in the same industry too as well. And I hear you know as you were talking about mentors and asking and as you were asking your question, 
you know, some of the things I thought about was like, if you treat yourself as a company, right? Every large scale company has their board of directors mm -hmm. and the board of directors approves and uh, disapproves large investment decisions or large strategic decisions for the company. You have to think yourself in a similar fashion, right? You always want to make sure that, hey, I think I have this path, but I don't know whether or not this is the right path. Ask the people that you find as your mentors, right? And if you don't have those mentors, that's a, that's, that's a need right there. Right, that hey, I have this kind of three-year path, one-year path, whatever it is for yourself, and I want to get it validated to make sure this is the right step for me. And as a result, find people who walk a similar path, or find people who are, you know, that that know you really well to help advise you on those decisions. Because at the end of the day, the more people that you can help validate your decisions, the more the le the more the higher chance it is that you'll. I, again, what you guys have been doing overall, and I say this over and over again, and reiterate, that's amazing in terms of helping other people out. Because again, you know, we gotta say like we come from low income communities, low income backgrounds, mm -hmm. and you know, yeah. those are non technical backgrounds, right? Yeah. It's not like I was born and bred to be in tech. Mm -hmm. It just right. happens to come past it. Yeah. And from schooling through you guys' exposure, I really got kudos to you guys for everything you guys got going on. And you guys are doing some amazing stuff too as well. That's how you know how Audi and I actually connected. So Audi's like one of my mentees too. So that's how yes, sir. talk about men mentorship. It's very important. Uh, yeah, with that one question I've been meaning to ask kind of like for both of you, kind of what brings out your A game? I think it's only right to ask that question. Yeah. Like what, yeah. what allows you <laughs> Jerry to be at their apex at any given time? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know. A, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a cool concept a game you know you definitely got to bring your a game anywhere you go yeah like i remember like through my background through that you know that that kind of mindset i remember when i was interviewing i just go all out and actually I, I didn't mention this but actually at snapchat so a little quick story about how i brought my a game to like my career but basically at snapchat was able to get an interview just by using linkedin so i never applied actually it's funny i never applied to uh Google, Snap, or Cisco for any of my roles. Literally just networked through LinkedIn. And so at Snap, what happened was I was interviewing, and so I made it to the final round. And so I was like, man, I got to bring my A game for sure because there's going to be all these like top students, top schools uh, interviewing. So you know what I did? I went to Dollar Tree, bought a yellow folder, because <laughs> Snap is yellow, and then I created a business plan, specifically in class that I did from before, literally use the same technology as Snapchat, which with geolocation. So when I went to the interview, I put the business plan, my resume, my cover letter, and the business, yeah, the business plan and my business cards into the folder. I had a case study in the beginning. I didn't even know I was going to have a case study, but it was, <laughs> yeah, they, I was like, oh, what the heck? But it was basically, it was interesting because I watched all the Snapchat videos. Like, I watched all of them. And literally, it was like, okay, like, what is, like, what would you do in this situation? I knew the whole thing because I watched the videos, and I knew it from that project. So I killed it, and then my two managers were like, how'd you know the project? Literally took out the yellow folder, put it in front of them, like, take a read at this. I'd literally use your whole entire system in my class uh, using geolocation and technology. Looked at each other, one hour later after the interview, got the call, got the offer. But basically, that's how you bring your A-game, right? When you have nothing to lose and everything to gain, at the end of the day, if you go all out for these different things and you strategize, then you'd be able to get into whatever career you want to get into, right? Because then you stand out as an individual, and you'll ultimately, you know, get to that potential that you're always meant to be. Yeah, I think in a similar sense, um, for me, um, I always think about a game, especially I think about that as like being super excited about passion, about willing to give it like 110%, right? 
um, the way I think about this and exhibit this um, today is all the workshops and all the conferences that we speak at and all the people that we help on a, on a daily basis, right? Um, and every workshop that we go into, I feel like the general feedback that we get is that the workshops that we do are just so different and that they're so tangible and they're so helpful and that people really like it, right? And I feel like the reason why they we're able to do this is because at least for me, I always think about like when I was a freshman, if I was a freshman today, like what would be what I would want to learn or what or and how would I want that to be presented to me in a way that would keep me engaged in a way that would make it make it entertaining but at the most of it and at the end of it all that you learn something from this right mm -hmm. and so for me I always picture myself in like one of those seats and saying all right if I were to sit there today would I be engaged would I be learning something and if not you know why right and to make it make changes to it and so every time I'm doing a workshop or anything like that, I always envision myself in that way. And um, I don't, it just gets me really excited to make sure that like, hey, like the impact that we're making onto students is gonna be, and hopefully one of these students would have come from a very similar background as I did. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that'll be the ignition for them to start their careers, right? And as Jonathan and I have mentioned before, it like is the best feeling when you get these messages of saying, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but we chatted six months ago and just wanted to let you know that I was able to successfully transition my career from a PhD in education to becoming a UX, UX researcher at AT&T, right? Like things like that, that just make sure that it one, validates what you're doing and two, that ultimately just energizes you. That's pretty awesome. And I know Jonathan, um, you're gonna be a guest speaker at a certain event I want you to talk about, which is a really big deal. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm, uh, I got selected by Cisco to speak at Great Place to Work. Um, as the millennial speaker, they want a millennial. They're like, oh, I get this guy again. No. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I'm gonna be speaking in regards to yeah, just basically kind of my career story and basically how Cisco has been, you know, revolutionizing kind of the millennial and just the millennials, millennial generation. Uh, yeah, literally, that was all just from LinkedIn. Like they just reached out to, on LinkedIn. I didn't even know who they were. Like, oh, because they I had like an interview. I didn't know I was having an interview. I thought I already got it. And no, yeah, no, no. Either. I thought cause I, I was like, oh, okay. And and the girl was like, yeah, um, someone from Talent Brand referred you. I didn't even know who it was. I was like, oh, interesting. And then she was like, yeah, have you? And she's interviewed me real quick. And then after she was like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, we'll have you speak, uh, with our VP of uh HR, so our VP of uh, global benefits of Cisco, so. But yeah, this is gonna be really cool. We'll be speaking alongside some of the CEOs uh, from Accenture, uh, Julie Sweet, um, CEO of SAP, diverse, the Chief Diversity Inclusion Officer of uh, MBA. So there's a lot of the different speakers that are gonna be on the pot, on stage. I'm not gonna be next to them, but they're gonna be speaking to as well. So that's really awesome. Just wanna say, very well deserved. Thanks, man. I appreciate awesome. it. Yeah. Um, definitely, you are, your story is amazing. You've done a lot of great things, and we look forward to seeing. This is the beginning. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. It's the beginning it's the of decades. So. Definitely, man. <laughs> Fired up. Definitely. Hey, you have like an announcement? Uh, stay tuned for that. All right. So uh -huh. let's wrap it up. Hey. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry, Jonathan, Jane. Thank you so much for <laughs> no tuning, um for joining us here today. Hey, that was another episode of the A Game Talks. Tune in next week. For another episode, thank you so much for everything you guys have done for us. Um, you got it. And you know, thank you so much. Thank you for having thank us. You guys. Come back, come back soon. <laughs> <laughs> we will, we will. Anytime.